Dirt Radio, Organic Friends of the Earth, Activism, Underground, Political Action, Necessary, Wind Farms, Indigenous Struggles, Land Rights, Anti-Nuclear, Nanotechnology, Climate Change, Coal Barons, Mining Magnets, Activists, Educating, Communities, Transforming, Communities, Mobilising a Sustainable Planet. Get involved now. Friends of the Earth. Friends of the Earth. Friends of the Earth. Dirt Radio. Good morning. You're listening to Dirt Radio on 3CR with Alana Mountain from Friends of the Earth. Today I'll be speaking to Ollie Morais, the current forest gardening project manager. How are you going this morning? Very good, thanks. Uh, I'm getting a bit of background noise on your side, but oh, that's okay now. Is that uh, better? Yeah, I'm, yeah, that's good. Thank you. I'm sitting by uh, Birurung, the Yarra River, actually, down in Wurundjeri country. So it's a very nice morning, relaxing. Lovely. Yeah, it's a beautiful day. The spring is popping and the flowers are all blooming. And yeah, there's some pretty amazing seasonal shifts taking place, which I'm sure you notice in your work every day. I'm really excited to talk to you this morning. Um, for those who don't know, Ollie Morris is the current forest gardening project manager on Jara Country, and he also helped develop the climate strategy. Uh, Ollie, I'd love to just ask you a little bit about um, Jara and who you guys are and, yeah, some of the work that you've been doing over, you know, the time you've been there. Yeah, thanks so much for the opportunity. So I've been working at Jara since the start of uh, 2022, so a bit over a year and a half. And really why I came in to work at the corporation was because uh, many of our elders on the board, um, who the sort of leadership um, within the corporation, um, have been really concerned about climate change for a long time, and and really want to um, put Jara um, sort of at the forefront of of climate solutions, and and to sort of be really proactive in responding to climate change in Central Victoria. So. Um, previous to JARA, I'd been working in a lot of different climate change NGOs, um, done a lot of work in the South Pacific in places like Fiji and Vanuatu, um, and also worked um, in South America and, and um, sub-Saharan Africa on sort of sustainability and, and sustainable development um, challenges. Uh, and I kind of brought a lot of that experience and, and passion for self-determination um, in the sort of climate change space um, to to JARA and yeah that was kind of how um, yeah the sort of start of, of our work and focus on climate change um, yeah came about. Amazing and can you tell us a little bit about how you have seen your bodies of work um, yeah grounding into you know, the the community and was some of the changes and benefits that you've witnessed in this evolution of, yeah, people and place and connecting community to these visions that JARA has been generating? Yeah, so I think sort of stepping back for, for JARA, for those that don't know, um, for a lot of Victorian-based traditional owner groups, they a lot of them have these things called country plans, which are basically like... Um, I guess a strategy or a vision for how they want to manage um, their country. Um, and Jara wrote theirs with community in 2013 or 2014. Uh, and so that basically everyone came together to develop um, nine goals that sort of cover everything from people and providing jobs um, and training for, for Jara youth, 
um, and um, all the way to sort of you know managing waterways, um, healing land, re- restoring you know degraded land that that was um, harmed from the gold rush um, and sort of mismanagement ever since. Uh, and so everything that Jara does um, and has done since that that 2014 document is really about. Um, yeah, I guess feeding into those nine country plan goals, and so uh, I'm, I sort of sit in this policy and partnerships team, and we've been developing a range of different um, sort of strategies that sit under the country plan. So the climate change strategy that we launched earlier this year is um, the most recent um, yeah document that we released, uh, and so really it kind of encapsulates all of the work that JARA is already doing on country. Um, our, our ranger teams, um, our natural resource management crews, um, all of those um, sort of on-the-ground works that actually are connected to climate change and, and building climate resilience in the landscape um, and sort of put those together in a, in a sort of climate change lens. So really JARA has been... I, I see JARA as, as being the leaders... Um, in responding to the climate crisis in central Victoria. Um, and they have been, you know, for thousands of years, but in sort of contemporary times, um, it's been, you know, for many years that JARA has been rolling out cultural burning program, um, restoring rivers and waterways, which can reduce flood risk, um, revegetating um, sort of culturally important plants that can re- restore biodiversity to the landscape, um, and ultimately, the sort of key goal within all of these, um, the country plan, the climate change strategy, our forest gardening strategy, um, and also we have a, a renewable energy strategy as well, um, is to get JARA back on country. So getting Jaja Warong people um, in jobs um, that enable them to be on country or, or providing events um, for community to practice culture and ceremony Um which is so embedded with with managing country um, and healing country as well. Mm, Absolutely. And the title of your climate change strategy is Turning Wrong Way, Climate Right Way, which I thought was really striking. And yeah, I was just wondering if you could elaborate a little bit more on what that really means. Um, I guess you touched on before that, you know, it's about, you know, traditional owners leading and being at the forefront um, or being, you know, the vanguard of um, visions and what the country needs. Does that kind of tie into that, or yeah, is there, you know, a different perspective yeah. surrounding what that actually means? Yeah, so I think it sort of directly comes from uh, in Central Victoria, and this is how Jara kind of talk about it. Um, whoever you're talking to it um, in the community is that Central Victoria was is upside-down country um, because of the history um, since colonisation. So I've heard some people talk about it as kind of multiple waves of of harms to country. Or So we started by dispossessing or removing Jaja Warong people from country as, as a sort of key impact and removing that, that cultural landscape management from country as, a, as the first sort of thing. But then after that, you know, many years of the gold rush literally Mm. turned the soil um, and the ground and the country upside down um, through that that gold mining process. And so 
for a lot of central Victoria, um, the soil's degraded. Um, there's pollution that remains in the soil. You go ask anyone who lives in Bendigo or, or surrounds, um, and you can't grow vegetables in the ground because mm. there's arsenic in the soil. Um, you know, some schools have been shut down because there's too much arsenic in the soil, so it's not safe for kids to play on. So this is kind of literally the soil and the country is upside down. And so that's kind of where some of this language sort of relates to. But another kind of um, thing that's really important for Jara or, or language and talking about, not just for Jara, but for, for other traditional owners talk about it as well, is that there's right way and wrong way um, sort of things in the landscape. So if we talk about right way plants, so the right plant being planted in the right spot at the right time is what country needs. Um, but often, you know, the wrong plants are planted or mm. they're planted at the wrong time or um, in the wrong place. Um, and so place and time are so important for Jara. Um, and so both of those, and, and when we talk about fire as well, like wrong fire being or bad fire being, you know, wildfires, catastrophe fires, bushfires that, um, you know, shouldn't be there um, or shouldn't happen um, if Jara was was able to manage country um, and had and have been for the last couple of hundred years. Um, and then right fire or good fire being cultural burning or cultural fire, which is what Jara is returning to country now. So when we step forward to climate change and we sort of, I was working with our cultural advisory group, it's very clear that that can sort of be, um, and, and what was spoken was that the climate is, is kind of upside down in a way, like we're pumping fossil fuels from country into the atmosphere. So we're putting something that should be under our feet mm. into the air. And that's a really like, yeah, sort of visual, practical way of thinking about it. But obviously we, we know that the, con the consequences of that are, are significant and profound and, and that's what we're living through now. Completely. And yeah, you, I feel that everybody is understanding that mostly at this point in time with how we're watching the world yeah, react to the, the pollution and uh, mismanagement and just absolute disrespect to the earth over yeah, many decades now. There's this beautiful quote um, in your strategy that I saw it's it's about getting people on country and getting them back into the ecosystem because we've been pushed out for 250 years. Now we want to play our part and we understand what a critical part that Aboriginal people played in the ecosystem. It's not just the plants and the animals, it's us creating a happy environment and working with what you got and not trying to change the environment to suit your needs. That last part, yeah, really hit home about not trying to change or yeah, extract and look at the environment as this commodity to be exploited. And it's really inspiring to see what you good folk out there are, yeah, creating. And I think it's really important that, you know, community understand, and that's why I wanted to speak to you today, Ollie, so that, you know, your, your visions and your ethos could be spread far and wide and connect people to, yeah, the good work that First Nations and allies are doing to bring this this vision into fruition we're just going to go to a quick break and then we'll be back with ollie
When I was new to Melbourne, I found a footnote bombs fly on the road and I had like this feast with a carrot and carrots are my favorite vegetable. Yeah, I think they were asking for help doing stuff and I got in touch. We, I guess, rescue food. That would otherwise go to waste. I like the aspect of sharing food and um, not making anyone feel obligated to pay anything for it. We make a real point at Food Not Bombs of involving everyone who wants to be involved in whichever part they want to be involved in. For more information, go to fnbmelb.noblogs.org. Food Not Bombs is a 3CR supporter. Food Not Bombs. 3CR is about community and we welcome your participation at the station. 3CR is open to a wide diversity of volunteers and is a great way to connect with Melbourne's activist community. Have you ever thought about volunteering, doing a reception shift, getting a program on air, training in radio skills or contributing to one of the station's committees? There are many ways to be involved at 3CR. To find out more, go to 3cr.org.au and get in touch. You're listening to Dirt Radio on 3CR with Alana Mountain from Friends of the Earth. And today I'm speaking with Ollie Morris, who is working with the Jara Corporation out on Jajawarung Country. We're talking about the awesome climate strategy that he has helped develop. Ollie, are you back with me? Yeah. Amazing. Always that slight little moment where I'm like, oh, has he disappeared? <laughs> <laughs> Live radio. Gotta love it. Um, so you were talking before about yeah your renewable energies, re- energy um, yeah work and strategies, and I was wondering if you could share a little bit more about that because I haven't yeah I'm not aware. Yeah, so Jara really, whenever I've been speaking to a community about climate change, renewable energy, the biggest thing that sort of comes back is that, or one of them is that Jara see themselves and want to be seen as leaders um, on climate action, on renewable energy transition, um, and that they want to lead by example. And so in a sort of really small way, that what that's looked like over the last couple of years is that JARA is, you know, prioritising um, reducing the corporation's own emissions, um, you know, getting solar batteries, um we're getting an electric vehicle later this year, which will have um, a, a Jara person, um, Dakota Nelson, who's a Jara artist, um, artwork on the side, which is um, actually the um, sort of de- depiction of um, Nawi, uh, which is the Jajawarong, uh spirit for this, of the sun or sun god, um, mm. which will be pretty cool to see around if you're in central Victoria. Uh, and so... Basically, the sort of um, the work on the on renewable energy is really ensuring that as we transition, you know, the whole electricity uh, sector and um, and network to renewable energy, um, we need to ensure that when it's in Central Victoria on Jara Country, that Jara are front and centre in that transition. Um, they're at the decision making table. They're being provided um, community benefits, um, training, job opportunities, and ensuring that where possible um, and 
yeah, we as a priority that the harms to country from that transition are limited. So any infrastructure, obviously, directly on on Aboriginal land is going to have some kind of impact. Um, and so ensuring that JARA are part of that those developments and, and leading that work will ensure that um, we minimise the harms to country um, so that we can make the most of, of the renewable energy transition that we obviously need to make and will happen regardless. So really it's about ensuring that yeah, traditional owners are, are sort of at the table um, and in a leadership capacity um, as we transition. Mm, it's a big topic right now, uh, you know, the energy transition and put the potential perpetuation of harm to the earth through the extractivism of more minerals to create these yeah, large-scale renewable projects. And I think it's really important that, yeah, you guys are at the forefront of that work and that these companies and the government are respecting um, your people and your sovereignty and... Yeah, I think it's a really critical place that we're at, especially with everything that's happening in the planet because there's this urgency to yeah, roll out large-scale large scale renewables and um, make sure that the transition is well underway. But we also need to slow down. And um, something somebody said yesterday that I was in conversation with, which you were also there in conversation with, um, <laughs> uh, said that we need slowness um, and that yeah something really beautiful that first nations people do is they are witness to slow change and they they move slowly with the environment and do you feel um you know an urgency to make things happen or do you feel that you do have um yeah this ability to to slowly um yeah engage in these different bodies of work and and watch the evolution of how they unfold in your community it's a really difficult tension, I think, like not just um, at the work or for JARA or the work that we do, but I find this personally as well where when we're thinking about things like climate change, there's this real urgency and, and, it's, a, and it's needed in a way, like the, the problem's so serious and, and it's happening so quickly in real time that, you know, it makes us want to react quickly. But I sort of... Through the work I've, I've done at JARA and being having the privilege of walking on country with, with elders and, and community over over a year now, um, it's really clear that actually what we need to do is this, is the slowdown um, and that the renewable energy transition, as an example, is um, really complicated because essentially the, the problem demands government to rapidly act because we haven't acted before um, mm. fast enough. And so then, you know, we set these really short timelines relatively to, um, you know, uh, switch over to renewables and, and build all this extra infrastructure to connect them. Um, but that doesn't really allow the time and space for, for traditional owners to engage with. And that we're, we are in Victoria seeing a bit of a shift, like we are getting more resourcing and other um, traditional owner groups are getting better resource to engage with something like the transmission network upgrades in, in sort of Western and Central Victoria. Uh, but it's been slow and it means that traditional owner groups are sort of trying to catch up to even be at the table to understand what's happening on their country 
um, and to actually be able to benefit from that um, in some way. So that tension of the the urgency of the problem and and the solutions being rolled out often don't match with um, that slowness that actually results in better outcomes in the long term. So it's definitely a tension that I have to navigate in this role and, and the work that we do, but I've learnt a lot from from um, yeah working with, with traditional owners and First Nations because they're able to to shift between depending on what country needs, right? Like mm. when, when something needs to happen quickly because that's what country is demanding, then community can respond to that. But we've sort of built these systems in contemporary sort of Western society that are so rigid and, and unflexible that when we have things like climate impacts, it, it makes it very slow and difficult to change and, and adapt. So I'm learning a lot, um, which is a real privilege and honour, but uh, it's definitely a challenge, I think, for all of us as we move into the future. Yeah, absolutely. And there's another quote in the climate change strategy about being adaptable. And I think that, yeah, what is shared here, being adaptable, that's what Aboriginal people are really good at. Western Europeans struggle to adapt to new situations. So they could learn a lot from us about adapting to what's coming. More floods, more fire, more droughts. And I feel what you were just sharing then about being able to read and understand what country needs in the moment is a part of that adaptability. And when we have these structural systems that provide very limiting processes about how we respond to certain things, it doesn't really provide that um, avenue to be adaptable or that invitation for adaptability. I wanted to finish off this conversation, Ollie, with maybe a few yeah pockets of wisdom for your, from yourself about some future steps and maybe things that allies can do that are listening today to support your work or yeah, what would Jara people love to see from the community? Yeah, thanks, Alana. I think um, wherever you're sort of listening in from, uh, you're going to be on, on traditional land and, and I think... I'd encourage um, yeah the listeners to to go out and and for, as one example try and get um, online try and read a country plan of of the traditional owner group where where you live or where you work or where you're spending time um, and I think through that engagement um, I think as a good it's a good first step that um, other things might surface in terms of um, yeah how you might support or or sort of um, amplify or elevate um, the work that the traditional owner group uh, where you live and work um, are acting on because from my experience um, across the state um, of Victoria and, and obviously around the country First Nations are, are doing amazing things whether it's cultural fire um, revegetation um, you know managing our waterways bringing revitalizing language um, is a big thing and and it's happening and renaming of places um, so I'd encourage people to just go out and, and try and learn what you can um, where you are based. I think one of the issues that I observe down here in southeastern Australia is in the sort of political discourse around, um, and this is happening in the referendum where it's like traditional owners or Aboriginal people or communities are sort of thought as, you know, far away in Northern Territory or, or Alice or, or the sort of top end, but 
There's Aboriginal communities here in Melbourne, on um, across the southeast, around Victoria, wherever you are, and I encourage people to, to connect and, and try and learn from that local knowledge and local experience. Uh, and I guess the other thing, I mean, today is actually a really special day for Jara. Um, up in, in Bendigo for the first time, um, a cultural burn will be conducted in the middle of Bendigo. Um, so it's a significant milestone um, for Jara uh, and really exciting day uh, for the community as well to, to bring back the right kind of fire um, right in the middle of Bendigo um, following the sort of long history of, of dispossession there. But I guess finally just wanted to say that um, since working um, with Jara, um, and sort of learn and seeing a lot of young young Jara people, whether they're rangers or working on policy or community engagement, um, that there's so many young Indigenous leaders coming up through different Aboriginal groups and corporations and communities that it gives me great hope. Like First Nations have lived through climate changes in the past, ice ages. Um, they've lived through colonisation and continue to thrive and their culture is resilient and powerful. And I think um, as we move into the unknown of, of the climate crisis and ecological crisis, I think what gives me ho hope is that there's this ama amazing pool um, of knowledge um, and ability um, to sort of lead us um, through this these really tricky times. And I think... Um, yeah, that's really exciting, and um, and I and I encourage others to to yeah learn about um, what First Nations are doing in um, your area, and and to try and support that um, in whatever way you can, whether it's through the work you do um, in your own time, um, and yeah, there's always a way to do that from a really small thing um, like supporting something, a campaign, or or actually directly working with with an aboriginal community or or another ally group that that supports their work so that's what i'd sort of yeah, want to leave people with today thank you so much ollie it's been such a wonderful and fruitful yarn with you and i really appreciate your time this morning i also just want to thank any traditional owners who've been tuning in today for yeah your thousands of years of ancestral care of these beautiful lands that we all dwell upon and your ongoing care and yeah thank you so much ollie i hope you have a wonderful day nam and you've been listening to 3cr dirt radio i'm alana mountain and here's patty smith with people have the power <laughs>